So as any Dhamma teaching is eventually always about understanding and relinquishing the causes of suffering and stress. Um, This doesn't mean things aren't painful, but that painfulness doesn't generate this internal, you know, sabotage, undermining, cutting, repressing, you know, begrudging, resenting, something lodged inside us that just grinds away. So, of course, some experiences are pain-inducing. But you'll find that over, particularly over time, the more that you are able to, um, you know, reduce or eliminate this internal agonizing or feeling assaulted or feeling inadequate, you know, these identity issues, then in fact uh, life gets pretty much more painless. Most, most of the pain that we suffer from is just our inability to meet the uncertainties and the ups and downs and the losses uh, of conditioned life. Mm. Mm. In fact, we have limitations on what we can physically, mentally, psychologically, verbally do mm. and accomplish. Mm. And limitations on, you know, what people will think about us and say about us. We can't really always assess that. Uh, so you become much less idealistic, but much more pragmatically at peace. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, the praise and the blame of the world don't have to bite into you. You know, other, other people winning, you losing, doesn't have to mean anything. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's crippling or damaging. Mm-hmm. That's always about this. Now, what I'm suggesting in terms of this particular teaching session, this phrase, open stability, mm-hmm. and saying the first thing is to, to get the stability uh, before we can really open. And so again, this is just a reminder, refresher, you know, we can't always feel good, but we can get stability to and stop running, stop proliferating, um, stop blaming, stop collapsing. Just a stable place to, this is unpleasant, this is disagreeable, this is offensive. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, some stable place. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the fact is that the more defensive we get, and the more secure we get in terms of not not being blamed, the more more secure we get in, in not having any failures, the less stable we get. Because it's like if the security comes from conditions being what we feel okay with, because everybody agrees with me, and you know I never get anything negative happening to me then your security is, is hooked up to conditions that are bound to change or that you're not seeing very clearly. 
And this means that the centre of your citta is attached to, is clinging to good conditions or favourable conditions, which of course it will do. And so meditation is, is the chance, the opportunity to safely become insecure. In other words, meditation or the meditation training is a place to relinquish and put aside someone's defences, someone's distractions, someone's escapism, someone's strategies to make things okay, which can be quite disorienting. But what occurs is that disorientation kind of primes and pushes the jitta to wake up, find your ground. You know, this is certainly a big part of the of the teaching in, in monastic life. It's like this. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly, Ajahn Chah would not make things comfortable. <laughs> it makes things uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it could really make things uncomfortable. You think it's some kind of sadist or what? No, it makes so that you. you you find your own ground internally. They sometimes tease people in public, shame people in public. Um, you know, and uh, you know, uh, not live up to what he, people thought he was supposed to be. Uh, with a feeling of this is the way you're going to develop a stability that the world can't shake. I mean, this is, I'm your sparring partner. I'm going to give you a few taps to see if you've got your, your light on your feet, you know. So you quite do that. Uh, not constantly, but pretty much that was part of what you were, what you were getting into. You know, to find out, you know, suddenly you, you know, you were sent somewhere you didn't want to go, or um, you had something planned and that was suddenly cancelled. Mm. Something predictable was taken away, something unpredictable was thrown in. You know, get up and give a talk where you didn't know what to say. Um, you know, so you're in this position of feeling like an idiot and there's 250 people looking at you. Okay, just go to that quiet place. There's nowhere else to go. You go outside, you panic, go into that place, quiet place, and okay, here we are. You know, this is fear. Meeting fear. Mm. Fear of loss, fear of public disapproval, fear of, okay, well, I, I got my precepts, I mean no harm, I can be present, you know, stable. And then you find something starts to open, and it's joyful to realize you're not intimidated by conditions. There's certain freedom, you're not intimidated by conditions. You don't have to have an answer to the conditions. You have a response, which is, I'm not reacting to those conditions, I'm finding stability. And in the opening, there's a freedom from fear and uh, freedom from the nagging voice of the self. 
aren't you joyful? In that joyfulness, then you find action starts to happen. Mm. You know, speech, actions, thoughts, ideas start to flow from the joyful place rather than from the got to get it right, learnt strategies. And so you'd always you'd really discourage people from ever preparing any talks, any Dhamma talks. So it's better you just speak from that you speak from that unprepared place. No, it's a stable place is unprepared. It's not prepared. It's 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 present. Let's go there. Relax the worry. Relax the performance ideas. Relax the preparations. That you'll be good. You'll get it right. Relax that. Can you meet the fear? Can you meet that sense, that agitation? The beauty of it is opening, truly opening from that stable place. It's amazingly empowering. We think we shouldn't have fear. No, no, that's not the case. To not have fear would be absolutely crazy. Uh, because you, you need fear to avoid getting into accidents, some sort of fear nerve. <laughs> but to be open about the fear, rather than trying to quell it, or get over it, or pretend you don't have it, or you shouldn't have it, there's the fear, the nervousness, and the mindfulness opens around that. And, and you've, you've, you've integrated it, you've accepted its presence. The beautiful thing about this dhammic alchemy is that the fear no longer propels your chitta, no longer pushes it, because you've encompassed it. Because fear is always about what might happen. What might happen, what will happen tomorrow, what might happen. And when you encompass things, with mindfulness, there's no future. There's no what might happen. There's no what next. There's no what other people. There's no what somebody else did. That that stops. And it's just so that the mindfulness opens around conditions, takes away the causes and conditions that keep that that fear going. What if other people? What about what does somebody else do? I should be. What if it goes wrong? You know, those little energies keep the condition of fear running. And when we encompass it, this is just an energy, mood and a feeling. Breathing in, breathing out. We call this, simply speaking, breathing through the fear, breathing through the anger, breathing through the guilt about what I should have done and how stupid I've been and I'm really because we have been stupid I imagine I don't think you can get through this life without being stupid (laughs) probably quite a few occasions and messing it up (laughs) and so okay so what's so special about you (laughs) Um, the guilt I shouldn't and I know people disgusting and terrible right so you, you feel that, and you might get your mind over that and open to that sense of 
personal distaste, hatred towards yourself is what it is. A form of hatred. And who is it attacking? Who is that? It's attacking somebody who isn't here. It's attacking somebody who was around, who you remember from five years ago. Well, where are they? I don't see them. You're attacking somebody who should be here. You know? But they're not there either. So once you remove, or the mindfulness and the awareness removes these future, past, self-other formations, the cause of suffering is no room to nothing to feed on. And you're breathing in, breathing out, moving through. Now, of course, you know, with things like this, you don't really want to have to keep doing all this. So you try to live a life where you're not laying down conditions that will cause you regret because it's just have to keep doing this every day to let go of regret or keep fending it off or justifying myself or proving that I'm right and they didn't understand me and it's just tedious. You know, much better to, to just be with that, that feeling and, you know, get around that, release that. And then, of course, you know, if it's appropriate, you can always say, well, how was that for you? How did that affect you? And, okay, can I learn something from this? So this is not a statement about behavior externally. It's a statement about how you deal with the results of what happened to you or what you do or, or what you're in. The way they affect, the way they, what, they, what they bring out of you. This is all about how the self gets formed. This little me gets formed in that place where the conditions touch the heart and the heart reacts. That, that's where little me arises. Little me is always suffering. find a stable place and sometimes some of these effects that we experience we don't even know what they're about just feeling heavy weighed down you know what sort of something wrong with me we've often had traumatic experiences they can't even really remember because they're so far back you know, that feeling of fundamental distaste or wrongness mm. and so even if it's non-verbal and it's important to recognize that some of the uh, suffering we experience, you can be your, your mind chattering about, chattering and talking about, and that, oh, that gives you the clue. When you've got something describing you, anything that describes you, if your mind is describing you, that's suffering because what's it describing where where is it if it's not if it's not you how can it describe you and if it's not you 
Right? Just do I mean. How can there be two of you? Uh, one who's doing the talking, one who's talking about you. Divided self. Yeah. So if it's something is describing you in your in your own mind, you think there's something needing to prove I am something, or needing to put me down, or needing to. It's not able to digest the experiences. Allow them to flow through. This is self-referencing. Uh, anxiety and need to feel adequate. So you begin to kind of reveal these conditions in your in your practice and in your day. Means uh, owning up to an anxiety, owning up to feeling you you want to be praised and liked. Well, that sounds a good idea to be praised and to be liked. Sounds like a a reasonable wish, actually, but you can get like so. I don't need anybody. <laughs> so we're not we're not rejecting praise, but but not craving it. And if that happens, there's a sense of oh, I'm glad that you know my actions have resulted in good experiences for you. It's more like anamodana. The Buddhist expression is appreciation. So, if somebody, you know, gives you praise, and you, you, you know, then really the sense is, well, I'm, I'm glad that that has uplifted you, or made you happy. This is where you get mudita as a as a, a appreciative joy, appreciative gladness as one of the essential foundations of, of, of this true openness of love. That's what it amounts to. But if he praises you and you feel embarrassed, like, oh, well, I, you know, that's awkward, what should I, you know, really, it's uh, terribly, not very much after all, and you know, well, does the best one can. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, we can't receive other people's warmth because it somehow frightens us. And certainly I've experienced this myself. You know, people's hostility I could kind of manage, but people's love I found very difficult. I guess you know, feel sort of uncomfortable, and um, you know, because it's 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 moving through that separate self, the separate self, and so if you allow the warm feelings to pass through mm. without claiming them or without rejecting them not independent in that sense conditions are like this but there can be a, uh, an awareness of that this is the warm feeling this is the appreciation mm. that happens too there's a whole range of qualities to you just open to that here is the experience of being given warm feeling warm warm intentions oh, opening to that being touched by it No obligation, no 
need to pay back. Which is one of the things that occurs when we experience other people's you know, gratitude or affection or something like that. You feel you've got to do something to pay it back. <laughs> At least I do. No, 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 just no payment. No payment. And if one is open to that, stable in that, what occurs is a sense of untouched by your good feeling. Appreciate that. And uh, it's been an honour to have been able to somehow bring around happiness for you. That's true. And this is the beautiful thing that can occur when people support, befriend each other. It's not just about congratulations, it's a sense of we honour each other with our truthfulness. If somebody's truthful, I feel honoured. It's the gift, the great gift. Even if some of the truthfulness isn't what you know, I was looking for or expecting. Oh well, you know, speaking the truth. In the face of truth you have to open and be stable. When we're turning this practice against opening to oneself, as I've suggested, you know, the meditation, we're sort of moving in the meditation from being in the sense fields and gradually withdrawing from the sense fields, from sights and sounds and thoughts and and touching things, withdrawing, disengaging from that, going into the heart, and then a certain time, after half an hour, 40 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour or so, doing the reverse, moving out, opening the sense doors. And I'm saying the sequence I'd recommend is coming to the feeling of your body sitting here or standing here, definite physical tactile content, contact, the spinal axis is straight, is steady. You know, you relax your shoulders, you come into full physical presence. And then perhaps the auditory goes with that, being the centre of a listening place. And then the visual, opening the eyes, and then the impact of that, which maintain the stability, don't rush out into it. And don't go into the details which will trigger things, just keep the sense of open, open visual consciousness. And of course the most tricky one, which we leave to last, yeah, is opening the mind to consciousness. Opening the packet of, you know, of thoughts, plans, worries, um, prospects, uh, anticipations, all the kind of mental programs because they're so we open them last though they probably leak out most of the time anyway but you deliberately open to all that 
Mm. So what is it, whatever's in my mind, my mind. You open, you open first to the sense of this is the mind. It's not the self, it's not me, it's the mind. Can you understand it in theory? Can you do that in practice? Which means there's a sense of just dispassion, it doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to be good or bad or meaningful or useful or bright or brilliant. It's just this is just the mind. Just like when I look around, there can be walls and trees and colours and shapes. They don't have to be anything in particular. But if you open your eyes, there'll be something. So assuming when you open the mind, there'll be something there. And first of all, we just hold the boundary. This is the mind. And maintaining, as you do that, the, the sense as if that which opens the mind, that which invites the mind to open, that which says, now will open up, where's that? That's in the heart. There's a willingness. And what does that heart take as a support? The body. The spine. Feeling your spine, feeling your breathing, an upright axis, which I've mentioned. And the heart willing to open the mind. Pushing it, just willing to open it. There's a conscious opening rather than a tipping into or a kind of tipping out of mental content or a scramble or being thrown into it. Conscious, open the mind, willing to open the mind. Am I willing? Um, Not ready yet. Okay, just wait. (laughs) Could be a lot of worms in that can. Okay, let's just very gently, a little bit, or pause. And what's disturbing your heart? So you keep checking in. Is the heart willing or is it feeling obliged or is it feeling nervous? I don't want to look too closely. There's a lot of messy stuff in there. Okay, let's just go to that feeling of fear. Fear of what might be behind. <laughs> Even aversion to it already. That, that messy stuff. Thought, okay, let's get to that emotional response, that felt sense. This is just fear, aversion, or expectation, span, cover that, you know, spread your awareness over that. It's not self, it's not a person. It's imagining something that isn't here. And what is it? Just a kind of pushing, fluttering, pressurized, breathing in and out, breathing in and out. Turning it, is it more easy now? You just say, it's just the mind. It's just the mind. You know what they're like. You can't be plugged into 21st century input without having a fair amount of jumble and chaos in your mind. 
can you? You know, when you, you're plugged into any kind of media, you're going to get the horrors, the, the, the desires, the provocations, that you need one of these, the advertisements, the wars, the global destruction. You know? And then, of course, all this as well, the memories of what you could or should or never be able to do. It's going to be, but then actually you find if you open it from the heart, I don't have to run away from my mind or shut it down or even tidy it. I don't have to tidy it, fix it, close it run away from it, it's the mind, this is what we get, this is what we have, this is what happens. Now something, if the heart opens the mind in that way, you'll find, I I don't know what you'll find, but what I experience there's something compassionate. That's of something caring. Caring. Something does not want to generate more stress around that. And that's what all of us need. And no one else can do it for you as thoroughly, as accurately as you can, as your heart can. Nothing, no one, no wise being, no saintly being can do this as accurately and wisely as you can. You're the only one. And that's your job. That is your basic job. Whatever your work is, whatever you can do for other people, this is your basic primary responsibility open into the mind from the heart and that if that, if that influence is, is supported nothing will shock you or dismay you or send you into spins of remorse and sabotage no, no great idea would actually need to be followed through on. It could be or it couldn't, because there's a sense of liberation from the mind in the presence of the mind. Not when it's not there. Liberation from the mind in the presence of the mind. Non-attachment. These are, of course, probably familiar terms, the realization is actually joyful. Oh. It's not a sense of distaste, it's joyful and warm and humorous and loving. Where that kind of influence, your mind does pick that influence up. And it says, Oh, this doesn't matter so much and yeah, this is tough, we gotta keep going with this, let's see what we can do. That wasn't so good. What did you learn from that? Pick yourself up. What did you learn? Mm, see how you can 
you know, it's kind of just really like a good parent. And this is where, you know, if we have had good parents, then we might remember that. If we haven't had good parents, if we've had parents who weren't up to that that task, this is quite a learning curve, quite a learning thing. If you have parents who weren't capable of that because they didn't have it for themselves, because their parents and so on, who knows why, where this begins, but where does it stop? Where does it stop? Where does suffering stop? You, now. And the beauty of beginning to, to realize that without going to any classes or courses or learning things, apart from stable, deeply doing stability time and time and time again through the dreariness and the dullness and the agitation and the complaining deeply doing it time and time again your capacity to be fearless in the middle of your suffering and unshaken by it in the middle of the world allows the heart to do what it, it does it is an opening system. Its nature is to open because it's a relational experience, isn't it? It's that which expands and uncovers. And now allowing it to be itself, and that itself is authentic, deep authenticity. You know, as a person, one could have all kinds of inherited traits and things we've learned from others and clipped on. But the true authenticity isn't the person, it's the heart. The heart's authenticity is it opens and uncovers what manifests. And through confusion and pain and distress and so forth, it loses some of that. It loses some of that and it gets a little me. So meeting one's edge, meeting one's boundaries in the mind opening over it like this is a liberation I mean so okay yeah sure liberation is also when it's really quiet absolutely wonderful and we can we can oh, I wish my mind would be quiet then I'll be able to get free um, yeah will take a while. Could you get a taste of it and maybe recognize something subtler which is not of the mind, the thinking mind, the personal mind, but something somewhere else. Isn't that what mystical experience is about? And it's, it's almost a surprise. We surprise ourselves with the heart's capacity. So we're opening to the mind. And as you do so, you just recognize there could be a whole range of future, past, got to, never will. That's a bit difficult. And oh, it'd be nice to do one of those. And when are we ever going to get that together? Mind, we've got a plan for this. And all that kind of 
real, you know, menagerie of creatures in there running around. So you just get the whole thing and then, okay, then which is the most important, which is the most important that comes to the fore, which is what really comes to the fore in all this, which is the leader of all this, which is the biggest voice, the biggest animal in the room. It made me just can't cope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get the can't cope. <laughs> can't manage. Oh, yeah. So you just then take it piece at a time. So you're gradually, you know, releasing all these creatures in the mind. Yeah. And that's beautiful work. This is where you learn it. If you're doing it in your own mind and you know how to do that, and you know what it takes, and you enjoy it, because it is enjoyable. It's supposed to be enjoyable. <laughs> it's supposed to make you happy. Buddhism, it's not. <laughs> Buddhist practice, it is enjoyable. To just to, to realize just how these nagging things can be. Oh, you just needed that. It, it, it starts to soften if we approach it right. And a whole piece of identity melts away. If you can cultivate that, practice like that, then of course you've got something you can help. You will be a help, whether you, you decided you are or not. If you're doing that and you're listening to other people and you're doing the same thing, you're bound to be a, a tremendous service in the world. And that's an honour, a true honour. So taking a little bit at a time, the first thing is the whole mind, which first of all might go quiet. Oh, nothing special. Yes, okay, great. Sit this out for a while. And eventually it'll start to trickle in. One or two trickle in. Should maybe all do. Maybe nothing special first, just little possibilities and then you know, good this, that and the other. Probably sooner or later get the oh my goodness, I forgot that. Oh no, what about that? All right, <laughs> they'll kind of come in at the time. Now you're, you're almost invited them, <laughs> made the invitation because you want to meet some of these. And, you know, I'm never good enough. People who think I'm useless, and oh, there's not one of those. And willing to cover. Uh, the this is the way we um, yeah prepare and debrief <laughs> or discharge mental content. Also, you know, because we come into the world of situations, watching out for these. We know these creatures well. You know these creatures well. When one of them pops up, ah, oh, just a minute. When am I stable? I'm not in that stable open to that, feeling of being accused, feeling of people saying I've let them down, made a mess of it, okay, don't have to defend that, don't have to justify it, I just need to open to that painfulness of feeling misunderstood. Are you the only one who's ever had that? 
No. Have, ever happened before? Yes. It's, it's, an, it's a creature then. Here it comes. Mm. Awareness of that. Over it. Take away the future, the past, the self and other people. It, it can dissolve. So let's take some time for direct practice and um, and this practice can be quite playful, enjoyable even. Mm. If you want to follow that, it's your time. Uh, You may want to just be, you know, focus on particular classical meditations, um, mindfulness of breathing. It's your opportunity to pursue your welfare in a way you see, you feel is best.